whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here. And so a couple days ago, I did this thing that was brought on by hunger. (laughs) It didn't end well. So basically, I was really hungry. And I was trying to eat healthy. And I had this salad mix. I buy salad mixes so that when I get hungry, I can throw it together really quickly. And it's fairly healthy. And that I feel like even if I eat a lot, I'm okay. But I wanted meat in there too. I didn't feel like making meat. A lot of the meat we had was frozen. I didn't want to thaw it out. So I went, okay, I'll make eggs. Well, I was so impatient. I didn't want to hard boil eggs. So we have, somebody gave me this plastic egg container. I think it was somebody who raises chicken. So she just uses that instead of wasting egg cartons. And so I had this plastic egg container and I said, oh, well, maybe this is microwavable. <laughs> so I put three raw eggs in this plastic egg container and put it in the microwave. And I went, I bet this will cook. Because I have these other egg things where you crack eggs and you put it in this little egg container and put it in the microwave and a minute later it's done. Well, as most of you probably know, the rule does not apply to raw eggs that still have their shell on them. So I I shut the container and I put it on three minutes in the microwave and went, oh, maybe I'll have hard-boiled eggs in two or three minutes (laughs) instead of just spending eight minutes just boiling them, which would have been just as easy and I would have had to wait an extra five minutes. So needless to say, about a minute and a half later, I heard a pop (laughs) and one of the eggs had, <laughs> and it like the plastic thing came open. There was egg all over the microwave. I don't know what I was thinking. But what did happen was I had to spend an extra, you know, five minutes cleaning up the microwave door and everything else in the egg container. And yeah, I lost three eggs out of it. And I didn't, I literally would have been less time and energy to just do it the right way. But because I was impatient and didn't want to even wait an extra five minutes, I gave myself more work and I didn't have eggs. Anyways, I think I ended up putting cheese in my salad or something. I don't know, but (laughs) I didn't end up having what I wanted and I just created more work. And how often do we do that in life? We try to take the easy road for now And it ends up being a worse road for us. It's like we try to avoid, I'm not even just talking about unnecessary work. We try to avoid the discipline that we know we need because somehow we think we'll be better off for it. And quite frankly, it's insane. Um, How many times anybody out there, maybe this is a girl thing, maybe this is a boy thing, anybody out there ever taken a water pill or a diet pill? One that's not, I'm not talking about the high quality 
like immune support or vitamins. I'm, I'm for vitamins. I'm talking about the take this and be thin in four days. How many, how many people have been on a crash diet that just makes your life torture for two or three days because you think that's the best way to lose the weight you need for that wedding or for that high school reunion. And um, Sometimes it works, not usually long-term, but more likely than not, just going ahead and living that healthy lifestyle, that, that thing that we somehow think is worse off for us, it's always better. And you always think about it. When, when we eat right, we feel better. Um, when we live right, we feel better. It's not really torture. It's, it might be difficult at first, but then we learn to embrace it and we love it. And we feel better about ourselves and those around us and we have more energy. And <laughs> things don't explode in the microwave when we cook them the right way, you know. <laughs> well, I think Paul had this idea. I, I think... He was dealing with a culture, and when he wrote to the book to the Corinthians, the first book, Corinthians one, I think he was he was dealing with a culture. It was, you know, the Roman Empire. It was the country of, well, the area of Greece. Yeah, it would have been the country of Greece at this point, or the province of Greece at this point. So we're dealing with an empire that was built on an empire kind of thing, Greece and then Roman Empire, and so a lot of. Um, some prosperity, more than in, often in other churches. Uh, more learnedness, like in terms of pedigree, um, that sort of thing. Maybe more of that formal education and really high amounts of pettiness that came with that. And he was dealing with the Corinthian church who, at this point, now by 2 Corinthians, they had really moved forward and learned their lesson and grown up a lot spiritually. But 1 Corinthians, when he was talking to them then, there was just so much pettiness and there was so much fighting over stupid things, um, taking their honor and glory over who had baptized them. Uh, a lot of, I can do whatever I want. I'm a Christian now, and so I have freedom in Christ, which means I can do whatever I want. Because uh, I'm going to heaven and Jesus loves me, so... You just have to let me do this, and if you don't, you're wrong. Just let me do what I want, because God loves me. Does that sound familiar to anybody here? Sure, I believe in God, and God loves me, and because God loves me, I can do whatever I want, and then I can go to heaven, and you can't say anything about it, or you're a hater. Because I don't believe in an unloving God, and you're a bigot, and you're a hater if you feel like God doesn't want me to be happy. And if I don't do this, then I'll be happy, so God must want me to do this. And it's subtle. You know, I have to say, I think it's, there's a bug. Um, there was a bug, I'm sorry, uh, I digress. I, as much as it disgusts me to hear that mindset, I know that it has creeped into me often as well. You know, this is my choice, this is my life, let me do what I want. Um, I wouldn't maybe take it to the extremes, many of us don't, of alternative sexualities, of, you know, illegal drug use, things like that. I, I wouldn't take it to that extreme, but sometimes it's like, I want this thought. I want to watch this show. Maybe I know that show is not honoring to God in any way, but 
well, God doesn't mind. He knows I need to relax. And I've actually been a little bit convicted about one of the shows I've been watching. I won't say what, but um, it's an old show. And I'm like, well, even as I'm saying this, I'm going, I really don't need to watch that show. But, you know, there's a part of me that goes, God doesn't mind, you know. <laughs> and so Paul's talking to them and basically saying, grow up. Grow up. Stop being so self-centered. Stop being petty. Stop saying I can do whatever on earth I want and I don't care who it affects because God loves me so I have freedom. Because what he's saying is that's not the point of freedom. That is not the point of freedom. And then he used himself as an example and all of the rights that he had. This is the Common English Bible. I'm going to read a little bit from uh, 1 Corinthians 9. This is verse 3. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to food and drink? So he was saying, I have a right to preach the gospel and you support me because this is my job. Do we not have a right to be accompanied by believing a believing wife? And you have to support my wife too. As do the other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas. Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who at any time pays the expenses for doing military service? He's like, okay, so I have a right to do all of this. I have a right to do it because I'm providing a service for you. But even this thing that I have a rightful right to, I'm foregoing. And I'm working for a living. I'm choosing that. I have the freedom and the right to do this, but I'm choosing a higher way of love. And I'm not even, and in this case, he's not even saying he's against the apostles who are being supported by the church. Who at any time pays expenses for doing military service? Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat any of it? Or who tends a flock and doesn't get any of its milk. So he's talking to a culture who just keeps going, I have a right, I have a right, I have a right, I have a right. All things are permissible. I can do whatever I want. Leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. And if that's our mindset of just determining what our rights are and fighting for our personal rights, then we've missed the gospel. And don't hear me wrong. There's times and places to stand up for our rights. There's times and places to assert this is what God has said I could do. And then there are times and places where that becomes our idol. I'm so worried about that extra dollar I need to get back. Or that extra little um, somebody else, me, honestly. I get really worried when someone else gets credit sometimes for something I've said. I'm like, wait, that's, I said that. you know. And I get so worried about that that I'm more worried that I get the glory or that I get that incentive or I get that extra thing that I believe is owed to me that that becomes more important than glorifying God. That's not healthy. And so Paul goes on, this is verse 15, but I've made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing this so that they may be applied in my case. He's like, I'm not asking for anything. Don't give it to me. I'm not talking about that. Indeed, I would rather die than that. No one will deprive me of my ground for boasting. <laughs> if I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting. I'm like, that's interesting. You can't take away my boast because I have no reason to boast because I'm doing this for God. This is about God's glory, not mine. I'm not talking to you so you can say, look how great Paul is. I'm talking to you so you understand that the gospel is more important. The glory of God is more important than you constantly talking about what's owed to you. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me 
And woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel, for I do this out of my own will. If I do this out of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I'm entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation, I may make the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. You know what this sounds to me like here? doesn't sound like Paul is foregoing his reward. It sounds like he's storing up his treasures in heaven. He's going for a greater goal and a greater reward. He's not satisfied with microwave eggs. And they do work outside of the shell, but they don't taste as good. Anybody ever had eggs made slowly on a, on a um, range top or eggs that you throw in the microwave? I'm sorry, they just don't taste as good. And in a shell, they just explode. But I digress. Verse 19, For though I am free with respect to all, I've made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became under the law, as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I become weak, so that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. And here's the deal. Do you not know, this is verse 24, do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. That was the crown that you got. In, this, in these games. So do not run aimlessly, nor do I, I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air. Is this the right? Oh, I'm in a different version. I'm going to change the version here because I was doing the New Revised Standard Version. The Common English Bible has a different take on this. Verse 26, so now this is how I run, not without a clear goal in sight. I fight like a boxer in the ring, not like somebody who is shadow boxing. And y'all know the difference, right? A boxer in the ring is landing punches, full force. There's a very big difference between punching an actual thing or person. Not that I'm saying you should punch people. Punching an actual thing or person, punching something with substance and punching the air. It takes more commitment. It takes more impact. It, it takes more guts. And I read this and I'm like, shadow boxing. There's no way there was shadow boxing and boxing in Greece. Well, I found out Greece did, was actually sort of the birthplace of boxing. And the little translation is, so I fight not as, the, not as beating the air. So I fight and not as one beating the air. Shadow boxing. Okay. Rather, I'm landing punches on my own body and subduing it like a slave. I'm not even fighting somebody else. My challenge is myself. My challenge is my inner struggle. I do this to be sure that I myself won't be 
disqualified after preaching to others. That's a different kind of living, friends. And I guess the question is, what kind of life do we want? What kind of life do I want? Sometimes I want the microwave eggs. I'll be honest. <laughs> Not with the shells on them. That was dumb. Sometimes I just can't be bothered. Sometimes I want, I'm talking about my nutrition, sometimes I just want that breakfast bar. It's not great, but it's quick and it puts something in me. But I found, and you know what, I think God lets us live that way. If we really want to, I think God allows us to live to that lesser degree of glory if we choose it. It doesn't mean we're not going to heaven. I mean, okay, so maybe I don't go to church every Sunday. Maybe I'm not really seeking God daily. Um, maybe I'm not treating my body as healthy as I should. Heavens. Bet there are people that use pot that might go to heaven. Bet there are people that do other things. It's, it's not my job to judge that. But is it possible to not fully live in the will of God or not even try to fully live in the will of God and still go to heaven? Why not? Christ's blood covers all. I can't tell you what that point is when you believe or not believe or what it means. I, I, I can tell you that Christ's blood is enough. I can tell you that if you truly confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and which means you and believe it, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, which would lead to some sort of action, that then you're saved. But so is it possible for us to live in that lower level of, you know, microwave living? Sure. You want to live less? You want to have less treasures in heaven? If I want to have less treasures in heaven, I don't know that God will say, okay, you're damned because of it, you know. But God wants us to have more. This call to run the race, it's not to punish us. It's an invitation to healthier living. It's an invitation to more thrilling living. It's an invitation to abundance. Abundance is free in a sense, but it also costs something. It costs our faith. It costs what we need to do to access and receive it. It means sometimes, if we want a good meal, we have to wait more than three minutes. And we have to do it right. That's a challenge for me today, even as I'm thinking about this. As I'm thinking of my microwave tendencies and my tendency to take the breakfast bar and how much better I feel when I'm just eating the right foods in the right ways. And I don't think God's mad at me. Every once in a while, I take a shortcut, especially when it's, like when it's not outside of his will. But, you know, I think I think I want to go for the better. I think I want to go for the abundance. I think I'd rather grasp at everything God has for me. I think it's a better way of living. So I guess the question is, do I believe it enough to live it that way? Do I believe it enough to increase to train harder, not as a punishment, but as a means for greater health and thriving. How about you? Where are you at? Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, thank you that you call us to abundance of life. Thank you for the little lessons like exploding eggs in the microwave. Oh, I'm so silly sometimes, God. I'm so silly. I create more work and less help for myself by not just doing things the right way. And Lord, help me to seek your way more. Um, not in a sense of tr- striving, Lord, because you don't call us to, s- to strive as in like, it's not about your approval, God. You've already given it to us. But help us to reach for and receive all that you've given us as a thrill, as an adventure, as abundance, Lord. Um, and help us to accept and receive things. Help us to glorify you, God. You need to be glorified in all of it. And help us just to know what all this means in your name. Amen. Be blessed today, my friends.